like to me, the Beverly Hills cast is the hardest that I find authenticity. Like it's the hardest for me to say, oh, I know Kyle Richards. Cause I'm like, I don't even know if Kyle Richards knows Kyle Richards. Yes. It's, and it's, it's, they on the show, they've become almost what Beverly Hills and Hollywood represent. It's smoke yes. and mirrors. Yes. And they, I'm like, we already know you guys have made a pact. You said it seasons ago at a reunion that you made a pact not to bring up certain things. I cannot stand the way with what is going on with Crystal and when Crystal got triggered because of Sutton. It's interesting how they're all allowed to be triggered, but she's not. And I got what she was saying. At the center of all of that with Crystal is Kyle Richards. Kyle Richards had a conversation with Garcelle about race stereotypes. Welcome back to another Ivory Tower Boiler Room pop culture episode. I love these. I love bringing in the Bravo podcasters, the reality TV podcasters, because there's such an intersection in our everyday life, I believe, with reality TV. So when I first saw Taria Shondell Faison's <laughs> What Else Is Going On podcast, I was thrilled. I love her amplification of voices of her own experience as a Black female podcaster in the Bravo sphere, which we'll get into because it is so needed and that voice is not amplified as much as I think it should be with the different casts that we're talking about. So also I want to mention Taria has um, another podcast called Tales from a Butterfly, which is a spiritually based personal development podcast. So some really exciting content that you have out there, Taria. So welcome to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room. First of all, thank you so much for having me. I love the name Ivory Tower. And guys, if I'm sure you've seen Andrew, but if you have not, he is so cute, so good looking, gorgeous skin. Um, he's got this shirt on showing his muscles. Don't think I didn't catch that. And he has a wonderful voice. Like I'm into voices. If you listen to my podcast, you know, my ears have a, a very sensitive to voices. And I feel like you have the perfect podcast voice. I hear so many. And I think sometimes that's why I'll listen to podcasts and don't stop listening. Part of it is because voices do different things to me, like soothe me or they motivate me or they make me angry. <laughs> so, <laughs> but you have such a wonderful voice. Thank you so much for having me. Should we tell everybody how long how long ago we planned? Yeah, this? you could break the fourth wall. That's fine. We're not in a, we're not in a scripted show here. So we we started talking like I want to say January or February, because I had just moved into my house around that time. And you were like, I know it's far out. And I was like, no, that's great. I like when people give me dates because it helps me plan. And then I was literally driving and thinking today, here we are, yeah. like after all those months. Yeah, here we are. Here I think are. you're Zooming from Maryland. Yes, yes. Okay. We're, and you are? I'm on Long Island. Long, okay, Long, Long yep. Island. Wait, yeah, Long, Long Island. Island. <laughs> <laughs> I know, that's a stereotypical way. But <laughs> Terry and I are actually grew up close to each other yes. in South Jersey. Yes, we did. Yeah. You were a little further South though, when I like looked into your bio, <laughs> I think you're from Cumberland County. Yes. Yeah. I I'm am. from Gloucester County. So. And I know where Gloucester is. Yep. Yep. <laughs> grew up in a township, Washington township. Oh my gosh. Like Cherry Hill. Did we yep, talk near about Cherry that Cherry Hill. Hill Mall? Cause I worked at Cherry Hill Mall for a while. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. So, so all you South Jerseyans, you know, we're going to throw those names out, but when I they think know exactly what we're yep. saying. <laughs> so when I think Cumberland County, I think Wheaton village and that glass oh, place. Hold up. You know yeah. about Wheaton village. I went there in Shut elementary up. school. Yeah. Okay. And my grandmother. And at one point, my dad and my aunt and other family members worked at Wheaton glass for years. It was like, a it's for those of you that don't know, it's a glass making factory and they would have eight to four, four to 12, 12 to eight. And they had what was called the hot end. That's the hottest part of the factory that makes the glass. And I just remember my dad having to go, my grandmother going, she retired from there, but she was very much a 
you never leave out of the house looking a certain way. She was born and raised down South in Florida during like segregation times pretty much. And so it was a very much, even though I work in a glass factory, she would get up no matter if she was eight to four, four to 12 or 12 to eight, have her coffee, Folgers, and she would iron her jeans, iron her t-shirts. And I think, I swear that's where I get my love of rings. I don't have any on, but I could wear a ring on every finger. She would have all her gold on her earrings, her necklaces, her long red nails. And she would just look so glamorous going to work. She would literally roll over in her grave if she saw what I go out looking like sometimes. And sometimes the voice will prick and I'll be like, let me go back in and put something else on. But yes, I can't believe you know about Wheat in the Village and Wheat in Glass. Oh my God. Oh, it's such a, and it's such a beautiful place. Like the memories I have, I have to go back. I, I have a family trip planned in the future. I'm like, I need to go with my family to Wheaton Village because my parents are still in South Jersey. Where are they at? So they're still in Washington Township. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, right by Rowan University. Oh, my my cousin graduated from Rowan. There you go. (laughs) And um, soon we're going to be in Atlantic City, which I love. My, okay, this is like my uncle used to work at the Claridge, then wow. at oh, uh, the like all the, my grandmom's favorite cause favorite res- casino was resorts, the resort casino. I love resorts. They have good um, food there. They, my dad used to work uh, at the Taj Mahal in the oh, boiler room. <laughs> so yeah. know all about the casino. I was offered a job as a cocktail waitress there when I was 21. They used to have to wear this little tiny, like little shorts and the suit jackets. I was like, Oh yeah. Then their outfits changed and I was not cool with showing my whole behind. So I was like, no, thank you. And I just never even went for my first day. Oh yeah. The servers, like have- the servers yeah. definitely have a Hooters. Yes. Oh and I yeah. Was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And I just did not, yeah. I let them take my hair sample, all that stuff. I had my start date when I found out what the, the uh, uniforms were, I never went back. Yeah. Well, there's a friend of mine Tamara, she actually, um, I'm not sure, Tamara, shout out to you if you still, she lives in Atlantic City. Yeah, yeah. Um, She loves Bravo too. So it's all these intersections, but I'm not sure if she still works as a cocktail server, but the story she could tell you of those patrons, because I I tell you, you want to see a scene, go to an Atlantic City casino and people watch. You see all aspects of life. And they get so mad. So my uncle was a pit supervisor. He started out as a dealer. And then of course, throughout the years, he, he's a, he still works at the casino now, but he's a pit supervisor, but, and he would be on the blackjack tables. And when they would start losing big freak guys, he just talked to flavor flavor a couple of weeks ago. He sees all different people come through uh, there when, when he comes And I was just in Atlantic city, actually a couple of weekends ago, my cousin's funeral he they're from Atlantic City and like I said my uncle lives there so his funeral was in Atlantic City and my other cousin lives in Atlantic City like right there so like near the walk you know where the walk is in Atlantic City with all the the stores oh I love the out that's one of my favorite outlet areas yes my mom worked at the Atlantic City Board of Education (laughs) well I love a good shopping mall that's outside that you can walk to like I want it all walkable I don't like outlets where you have to park in each lot I'm like that's not an outlet. You mean like Foreman Mills and, well, and all those? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily Foreman Mills, but Dollar General. Yes, yes. But um, well, first, I'm sorry about your cousin. Thank you. I you appreciate know. that. Thank you. Yeah. But well, definitely when you're back in Atlantic City, we'll Harry and I are going to have to like hang out. And yes. Just, oh, that would be so okay. fun. Okay. Well, I'm always around there. But and when you're on Long Island, well, first you're going to have to. I've never been. Okay. I've well, you have it, to come and you're going to have to meet David Yontav. I'm not sure if you know David. I know David. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. We'll have to get Ebony K. Williams, who now, I that's my, that's my boo. She's amazing. No. Speak of like. Let's go there with amplification of voice, (laughs) like the way that both you and her know how to just speak the truth is so refreshing that you're not afraid to, you know, say it right out. Because I think that's the issue when it comes to Bravo, especially, Mm -hmm. is the way these casts have been segregated for so long, like that. 
you know, with especially Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, and then you have Beverly Hills, New Jersey, New York, that Atlanta for the longest time was the only minority yes. cast. And they were the only one that was not, uh, they were the only one that was integrated. And that was because of Nini, because the producers yes. didn't want anyone white on the show or any, they wanted it all black. Oh, so Nini pushed for Kim to for be Kim. on the cast? Mm -hmm. oh. So, and I shouldn't say they didn't want anyone all white because that sounds like, uh, but they didn't want, they wanted an all black cast. Mm -hmm. And Nini presented Kim. They said they weren't interested. So Nini told her, girl, just come down. I'm, we're having lunch here. Just come down there. Oh, wow. And she did. Yeah. So that's the behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I always did think Kim was an interesting because I would yeah. watch, I watched the beginning seasons. I really liked Alana's chemistry <laughs> with Nini. Yes. Um, and I am back into Alana again. I'm watching the current Ooh, season. Okay. I um, have a take, but, yeah. <laughs> but with Kim, I always felt like Kim didn't really, like I could tell she connected to Nini, but when it came yeah. to the other women, I'm like, wait, Kim, like what's the organic relationship? Here? Yes. And I feel like it was kind of like a use... Like she connected to Nini, but almost like you connect to someone and then you feel like, oh, but these over here are the popular girls. Like I noticed how she gravitated towards Sheree because mm. Sheree may have been aesthetically pleasing to her. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm like, it didn't seem, you know, when she would say how her and Sheree looked alike, ma'am, wait, not even the colors. It's like, you look nothing alike nothing so she would say people that that we look alike I was like girl yeah. who says that yeah well and Nini well we know about the lawsuit mm -hmm. and I'm sure shout out to Carlos King who I think is uh going to have his own Empire. production line I don't know what's going on but I see mm -hmm. really great things for what Carlos is doing with his voice yes um and he's starting to bring some Bravo people in. I yes. mean, he had the first season Atlanta Housewives on his show. Right. He's, yeah. So he's, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Andy Cohen, where are you? And Andy could never, you know, like the way that Carla, have, have you, are you into the love and marriage franchises? I've watched with Monique because I really Andrew? like Monique Samuels. Andrew, no, you have to go back to the, you have to go okay. to love I'll have to. I'll and have marriage to Huntsville. You have yeah. to one day decide that you are closing the blinds, getting up, taking a shower, then putting, so you get up, you rinse off the night before and you put back on your night clothes and then you order like pizza or, or all your favorite foods. And I need you to binge Love and Marriage Huntsville. Oh and I'm gosh, telling man. you, that's why when Monique, when it was announced that Monique and Chris were going to be on, I was like, Mm, I don't think she knows what she's in for because Carlos has a, a way of making people face the truth about their marriages. And it just like comes out before they even know it. They're like, wait, did I just, did that just happen? So, yeah. Okay. Well, I will do my DoorDash friendlies. <laughs> I am, I'm telling you, like I never, friendlies. wait, yes. I never oh. eat friendlies, but I got a DoorDash recently of the fish and a jig sandwich. And I was in <laughs> paradise. Like, all I need is that a Reese's peanut butter cup Sunday, and I'm right. It's I, there's a comfort from nostalgia of your childhood. My favorite was their chicken sandwich. They had some type of honey. Yeah, something. You know, yes, what I'm I know what you're about? talking about. It's like oh. the honey super melt. Yes, 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 oh, yes, it yes. Was so good. I used to eat that on my breaks when I worked in the mall. Me and my friend, we would, oh, and sometimes uh, we would split it because it was so big. We was like, ah! so yes, it sounds so good. <laughs> okay, well, I am going to take you up on watching Love and Marriage. Okay, but. Well, and with Monique, it was so interesting when she was doing PR. I mean, not PR, when she was doing publicity yeah. for um, the franchise. She kept saying it's not going to be like Potomac, yeah. where there's not going to be this high intensity drama. But there is, well, I know, I, I, I raised my eyebrows. But um, I think what she was getting at is like you're saying, there's going to be a lot of internal Yes. Dialogue with herself with Chris, mm -hmm. but it's not going to be the Candace Dillard fight dynamic. Right. With and other I, women. I feel like she's kind of getting away with it not because 
I go on Twitter and hands down, my absolute favorite is Ashley. Ashley So I love her so much on the show. And it's funny because, you know, I never really get into who's on the show, what cast member is liking what tweet, unless it's pointed out. But there have been a lot of tweets that are like, oh, we see who Monique is. Uh, she better be glad that Ashley's not really calling her to the carpet. And Ashley's been liking them. And they were saying that Monique was the, she was the issue that started the whole winter Ashley thing. Now, what do you think about winter? Because I feel like winter likes to do a lot of little jabs when she feels like someone is jabbing at her. But I feel like Ashley seems like she's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think? Wait, just remind me again. Winter is. Oh, the one with the shaved hair, the one that married the guy. And she did, wouldn't go to his house during COVID. So she didn't know that he lived with his mom. And then she ended up marrying him six months later. And now they're getting a divorce. Okay. Okay. Are you she, have to. Is that a friend of? Winter's a friend I of, think she's right? sort of. Yeah, I think she's more of a friend of. But so much of the story is based around her. And I'm like, how is that, you know, work? But only Carlos can do that. So mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting. Go back and watch, especially. So basically, Monique was out of town. Yeah. Oh, this girl. is love and marriage. Just for oh yes, audience. I'm sorry. Love, okay, yes, that's love why. And marriage, wait, guys. I'm like, guys, that's why. I'm thinking of it. Potomac. I'm like, wait, yes. winter. yeah, you're like, wait, which one is winter? No. So okay, love okay. and marriage. But okay. for those of you that aren't listening, Monique went to Africa out of. I said out of town. Like, duh, she left. Maybe the country, but um, or whatever. But she left, and all the ladies got together to kind of make peace between two of the ladies. And then when Monique, and then it was kind of like, okay, then when Monique got back. She sat down with one and then left that person and sat down with the other and interpreted things. Not in a way that they were said and it caused so much drama. So it's just like, mm. there, the reason there's no fighting is because I think Ashley's kind of holding herself back a little in some of the I other see. women. Okay. So I think that if winter comes back next season, Monique might need to watch out. Yeah, well, that's where it does seem a little naive to think that it's not yeah. going to reach with Carlos King too. Yes. I mean, Carlos, he has the producer mind. He knows how to manip- manipulate in a production way, the storyline. Yes. So yeah, I mean, okay, yes. Mooney, maybe like, like you said, it's going to be drama. Yeah. And she kind of is in the first season of love and marriage, the, um, like the narrator kind of? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's the voice of the show. Yes. Yes. In a way, kind of what they wanted Heather to be with Orange County, Heather DeBrow. But yes. she, uh, it, let's just say it did not work. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I like Heather. Like Me I too. like her off the show. Me too. I, I, I like her too. And I wasn't even upset with some of the things that happened on the show. I listened to her podcast and it was interesting that she would recap the episodes like in full detail. I was like, they're letting you do this? Um, Cause she would literally recap the next day, the episodes. And so I can see her frustration. And I don't know, I went back and forth because I was like, if this is her, you know, they say she's pretentious, she's this. I'd rather know who someone is and figure out how I'm gonna deal with them than maybe someone who I felt like Noella was a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, which one am I getting? Like, I don't like that. I'd rather just know, oh, Emily is this person, Gina is this, like, this is who I'm dealing with versus trying to figure out who I'm getting every season. I don't know, I keep hearing casting rumors, like they're all coming back. Then you hear Noelle is not coming back. Then you hear- I hear Tamara's coming coming back. back. Yeah, well, Andy Cohen, someone told me they heard Andy on his radio show and that basically she put the nail in her own coffin because- he was, I guess, going to have her back, but he said, how can he have her back when she's talking about the show on her podcast? But that's interesting because Candy has speak on it mm-hmm. and Heather has her podcast. So well, I, I wonder like, if it's because she's co-hosting with Teddy Mellencamp. Right. Oh, and that's what he's just not saying. Right. That's a good point. Because Teddy knows she's not going to be back on the show. Mm-hmm. I don't think she wants to be back on the show, Teddy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's well, have you been watching the new Beverly Hills? Because of you. You have? Okay. I watched the last episode. 
Okay. And then I watched the one right after the one where Crystal was upset. And then I've been in and out of episodes. Like I've had to make it my phone show because I get enraged watching. If I watch it straight on. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I do that too on my phone. Like when I make coffee, I'll like put something on. Yes, because it's like. You I'm can't really deal with it all at yeah. once. I get Just it. Yeah. Kyle, from the very beginning, from, from the first season, I have always said, oh. Kyle is not, who, Kyle is trying to control mm-hmm. the narrative. And people feel like Lisa Vanderpump used people. Kyle used Lisa Vanderpump as well. And people say Lisa had Kyle do her dirty work. There's been plenty of scenes when Kyle had Lisa. You could definitely see it like it being manipulated. And watching her when she decides to go over and join Sutton and Diana in this and at Garcelle's party. And oh. she's saying, now wait a minute, so, like everything Diana said, which here's my hot take. Some of the stuff that Diana said about Sutton was actually true. The way she said it would have been a no-go for me. But Kyle interjecting and always on Diana's behalf, I was like, I would have had to tell her, like, they just over-talked her. And I would have wanted her to say, mind your business and be quiet. I'm not speaking to you right now. I'm speaking to you, Diana. Because Diana, as people say, lost me with her arguments outside of what we know about her, of course, in real life, but mm-hmm. with the, like the little, you're boring. I can't do boring. It's like, girl, that has nothing to do with nothing. Like, Remember when she made that like animatronic noise yeah. of a robot? Beep, yeah. bop, beep, bop. Yeah, like, it's like, you were trying to have a moment. Diana. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I love listening to watch what crappens and their oh, parodies, <laughs> but I feel with Diana or actually with Beverly Hills, I feel they really don't even have to parody a lot no. because these women parody themselves. Like to me, the Beverly Hills cast is the hardest that I find authenticity. Like it's the hardest for me to say, oh, I know Kyle Richards. Cause I'm like, I don't even know if Kyle Richards knows Kyle Richards. Yes. It's, and it's, it's they on the show, they've become almost what Beverly Hills and Hollywood represent. It's smoke yes. and mirrors. Yes. And they, I'm like, we already know you guys have made a pact. You said it seasons ago at a reunion that you made a pact not to bring up certain things. I cannot stand the way with what is going on with Crystal and when Crystal got triggered because of Sutton. It's interesting how they're all allowed to be triggered, but she's not. And I got what she was saying at the center of all of that with Crystal is Kyle Richards. Kyle Richards had a conversation with Garcelle about race stereotypes. Kyle took that conversation back to a woman of color that she did not know, who wasn't on the cast the season before and didn't see the tension between Garcelle and and, uh, Kyle. She took it to her said her piece about it, wanted Crystal's response. And when Crystal starts to respond from the position of a woman of color, I'm not a black woman like Garcelle, but we've had similar experiences. Here's a white woman that immediately was like, no, we're not talking about it. And Kyle said nothing. You can interject any other time, but you couldn't say, hold on a minute, Sutton. I asked Crystal about this. And it was like, instead, because it had to do with race, she didn't want to get involved and then didn't want to hear Crystal out about how she felt. I, at at different points in my life, I may have been the Crystal and just not really went into it, but then also at different points. And now I would have been like, no, I'm going to let all y'all know what happened last night. And I didn't appreciate it as a woman of color. So it's just interesting that all of this with Crystal really, again, leads back to Kyle because I don't believe for a minute Kyle innocently had a huge conversation like that with Crystal just oh just because like you had a race conversation with her and then you let somebody else shut down what she was going to say back and now it's it just it blows my mind and I think people are starting to see now I know she's got to move story along but she does it in a way that aggravates me. Kenya Moore stands up in what she does. Kyle Richards does not. And that's the difference. Exactly. Well, and 
I, with what Crystal, right, the whole dark controversy of Crystal saying what Sutton's narrative about um, her daughter bringing young women of color to the pool, but like Sutton actually racializing each young woman. Like I think Crystal is talking about tokenizing. Like yes. just saying, I'm going to mention every race category and that shows my diversity. And it's like, that's where I could tell Crystal was coming from. Yes. But I think that um, there was so much pressure for Crystal the, then to turn to Garcelle, like for, yes. and like the white women really wanted Garcelle to be the validation. Like, yes. do you agree with Crystal? And it's like, oh no, now and we're pitting the two women of color against each other. Okay, hold on to that question because we'll be right back. But first, a word from our sponsor. And I do feel like at times when you go back to season one with Crystal, Garcelle was one of the women telling Crystal to choose a different word. Here is a black woman telling this other woman of color whose voice, and I get that Sutton was her girl. So me, I feel like I would have wanted to be like, hold up, what happened in there for you to say that? She didn't. She immediately went to her girl's side. But when it, to me, when you're talking about issues of race, I'm always going to want to know what somebody who looks like me or is brown, what happened? I'm never just going to assume that they're wrong. I'm not even necessarily going to assume that they're right. I'm open to, but I need to hear what they have to say. I need them to have a voice to say it because I know what it's like not to have a voice. So in that, it was it was interesting last year when you go back and you watch how they were all telling Crystal, that's a strong word. That's a strong word. None of them asking what exactly happened, but Kyle knew. But then at the end of the season, it was let Garcelle speak let Garcelle speak. And sometimes I feel like, do people think they maybe can't support two different, mm. two differences at once? It's like, for, we got to support black women. Okay. Now we can support other. So it was interesting to watch these women, even Garcelle at times, not realizing what you're doing to Crystal is what these women did to you. Yeah. But like, I think, unfortunately, right. We're getting to what is so important, which is that I think Bravo has had such um, red flags with, which is yes. integrating a cast because they've done it, in my opinion, they've done it in such tokenized ways. And yes. we'll just have to turn to your discussions with Ebony, with what happened with her, with Roni, and like throwing her, in my opinion, to the wolves. Yes, like, with the audience and with her cast. And real quick, I meant to say yeah. how you said Sutton tokenized. It was interesting how she told a story about something that happened before she met Crystal and she was able to see color then. Hmm. But you couldn't see color when Crystal had a head-on conversation with you. So what at that point made you stop and say, wow, we have all of these different nationalities, ethnicities, races in my hot tub. So you were that self-aware before you met Crystal, but then after you met her, when Crystal said, let me ask you, are you that girl? She says, I don't see color. If you don't see color, then that train of thought would have never even come to your mind, the hot pole. So I'm like- Good point, yes. Y'all don't even see it. But with Ebony, I felt like it was definitely a setup. And it's almost like, oh, y'all want a black woman? Here, boom, we're gonna give you her. We're gonna give you a certain type, quote, in quotes, black woman. And then it'll be, well, we tried to give you somebody black and look, it didn't work out. So it's like. It felt it, like a setup, like you're saying. Felt, well, felt like a setup. I do have to say what's, and I've, um, you know, conveyed this to Ebony, like, you know, via DMs and Ebony is just, you know, everyone should watch even when she's interviewed by Z-Way, which is hilarious. Mm -hmm. Like Ebony knows the media market and right. is so well-versed and she was on radio and she, you know, was on Fox. So understood that demographic and going against yep. the grain, but 
I've always said that when she went on Roni, the walls were up with at least two thirds of that cast. Like I think Leah tried to show appropriate, <sighs> like tried yeah. to yeah, she tried. show her allyship, <laughs> but you know, I think Leah, when push came to shove, was like, no, I'm gonna go with these other, the white women, cause they're like trying to yep. maintain their jobs. And yep. you know, I lost a lot of respect for Leah cause I thought she wasn't like, she is, she's an entrepreneur. Right. But, um, I think she appropriates black culture. Yeah. With her fashion line, but, um, yes. streetwear. Street have you seen those videos and right. Streetwear. It's like, girl, have you seen some of her marketing no, videos? What are the videos? They're like, like one of them is like, they're in a pink Think of like Snoop Dogg and like Calif like uh California that song California Love. Is that Snoop Dogg or is that Tupac? But you know how they would have the, the Cadillacs like bouncing and okay. Those yeah. are what some of her videos are. Oh. Yeah. With okay. chicken and watermelon. Oh. <laughs> okay. He just guys he just literally rolled back in his chair. <laughs> Well, and I did listen to her chaos theory memoir because I'm always up for, I love listening as mm -hmm. I'm sure you do. I like to hear yes. their own narratives. That's what I love about the housewives is their narratives, their yes. stories. It tells us about our own psychology and our obstacles, right? Yeah. I think it's the best conflict resolution show we have out there to uh, yeah. Yeah, talk through things. But I think Leah would say that she's up front of how messy she is. So it's like, well, I'm full of chaos. So, you know, that's my MO, but it's right. And an it's an interesting if, mode. If your chaos starts to fall into dangerous territory, like for me, certain things, I, I don't, I, you can't be passive aggressive about, you can't be out of chaotic about, and that's like human, life like it's and so like these race conversations leah knows that she ran probably ran in circles where there were no black people right and they may misunderstand people like ramona i'm sure or like some of these other women you ran in those circle circles so you understand the importance of trying to reason with these not necessarily trying to reason with these women but of black voices or women of color voices not being heard in these different segments of society so you want to, you, she made a public show of being down for black culture when there was no black woman on the cast. Then when the black woman came on the cast, she tried it for a bit until Ebony's night in Harlem, which so many people, viewers included had a problem with it. And I said, well, wait a minute. It was supposed to be a night with Ebony K Williams. And it was supposed to be about what she's interested in. Yep. All of these things She's interested and we've developed a relationship offline. So we talk and the Ebony you get on the show is the Ebony that is not on the show. So and Ebony she, can- Oh, sorry. And I was going to say, she is well-versed in the right. Harlem Renaissance literary figures. Like that is yes. Ebony's That's her intellectual world. passion. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it was like, they didn't even give it a chance. Like she used to be on something called State of the- culture with Remy Ma, Joe Button, I forget the other gentleman's name. So the ebony that people get on the show and her talking about blackness, that is her in real life. I have literally been on the phone with her having conversations and you one would think, oh wait, that's the, wait, she was talking about that on the show, but we're talking like, this is like real life stuff. I'll text her and say, hey, what do you think about this? And it's the same ebony. And that's what I appreciate and I, I was honest with her she came on the show twice and the first time I was very upfront uh with her and I said listen at first when she came on I said oh I, I don't have to hear about blackness all the time like oh, oh everything is something and then uh Brian Moylan who I'm sure we all know wrote a um yeah recap I, interview of the I interviewed him okay mm -hmm. and he wrote about Ebony's night in Harlem and I'm like wait a minute and then Ebony responded back and she said because I refuse to allow whiteness to be centered that's a problem I expect better 
And it was like, immediately my eyes opened. I was like, what am I thinking to say, I don't need to hear about blackness. I do. I, I Like outside of like in certain circles, that's what I talk about because I am a black woman with a black husband and a black son and black daughters and a father and brothers and a mother and uncles and cousins and, you know, close friends that are black. Like, yeah, I do want to talk about that. And I realized that it was a bit triggering for me because I went to an elementary school where it was me and three other black people in a school that had third through eighth grades, two of each grade. And so you're talking about hundreds of students and there's three of us. And being raised in a house where we want to keep you safe, we know that any excuse they can use to pinpoint the Black girl that was had the highest grades in the class until my talking became an issue. And then let's deduct for this. And so my mom and dad were like, listen, you need to get through school. So you need to just... So I realized that seeing Ebony being so free and talking about it in every circle was a reminder that there were times when I didn't talk about it in every circle and to forget about white comfortability or, or other, like we should, we should be all be able to have these conversations with each other, white, black, Mm -hmm. whatever, to to have a a mutual respect for each other. The LGBTQ community. LGBTQ, the trans community. People ask me, like, do I ever come out? And it's like, I'm out in every aspect of my life. That's a good question. You know, like I am openly gay, but like, I'll just say, you know, oh, even to my barber, this came up, never had a discussion about my sexuality, but he was talking about, um, I don't know, a woman he was going to go on a date with. And I'm like, oh yeah, I have a tennis partner who, you know, I might have a crush on and we're going to go out to dinner and just mention it that way. But that's also because I've done a lot of work internally with my own sexuality. I've been out since I was a freshman in high school. I'm now almost 30. So like, I I just feel I don't need that constant coming out narrative with people. Okay. So based, so what, was there a time when you only talked about it in certain circles and then other circles? It's not that you, you just didn't mention it just because. Yeah. I think in high school was more of my, okay. Seeing where I felt comfortable talking about it, but you know, I, at a certain point, I feel, of course, there's going to be people. Like if there are people who don't want me to mention it, you know, that's okay. on them. Like then they're yeah. not, they're not of like minds with me, but okay, it is a difficult, like, but I think that being a gay white man of a certain, you know, privilege is very okay. different in my opinion than if I was even a black gay man. Okay. You know, like you get read differently and that's where, I feel that on, well, especially the New York housewives, that there was not an understanding of intersectionality, like of identities. And I saw that a lot with Luann. Yes. Like that whole first, remember the first real tense moment she has with Ebony. At their house, at at her house. About education, but it's like on paper, Ebony has more education and is more, like it took more credentials for Ebony to get into the door for the house. Yes, yes. And like, yeah. Lou, Luann wouldn't step back for a moment and said, you know what? I did use the wrong word, but this is what I meant. She kept saying, I didn't say. And, and I think that's the problem. It's like sometimes on these shows and even in real life situations, nobody wants to say, well, no, we're talking about A. And when it comes to A, your words said, blah, blah, blah. And Luann couldn't even say, oh, you know what? I did say it, but that's not what I meant. She just kept saying, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Don't come into my house and tell me you have more education. But like you said, but the facts are I do. Mm -hmm. And Ebony wasn't making a moral judgment of Luann. No, I think you just nailed it. She wasn't making a moral judgment. I'm stating facts. I'm I'm stating facts based off of what you just said. I didn't just pull this out of, and then when they said that she was yelling, but when Leah was, was in there screaming and Ramona was banging on the table, but Ebony was yelling. Okay. 
I know. Well, but to talk about the Diana Jenkins in the room. <laughs> Andrew, I was I, just smiling. Well, I was going to say, can we talk about, well, first, you know, credit to Philly Diva, because I had seen her account and like her Diana's response. And I like shared out um, to Diana and I tagged Diana and I'm just like, this rhetoric is not um, appropriate. Like this is racist. The way you're calling her a black content creator, she should be um, saddened to be that. And I just, for me, I don't like being gaslit. Like we see yeah. what you're doing, like admit to your wrongdoing and that's it. Like, why can't Diana just say, you know, that was race, like that was racist rhetoric. And I need to talk through this with Philly Diva. Like, why not just go why on an Instagram just... live or be educated? Like what's wrong with the education? Yes. Or say that I was wrong, even if her intent wasn't that, let's just say, but the impact you had on uh, Philly Diva uh, was not a good one. And you couldn't even reach out to her privately and say, I'm sorry, not even a, but my intent. No, 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 because the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't even reach out to her and say, hey, this is what I meant. Like, And then when she responded to Garcelle and said, I've donated to Haiti, that means nothing. Do you know how many people donate for tax write-offs? Do you know how many people donate so they can say, oh, I'm not racist. Okay, you might not be racist, but you may be biased. That's still a thing. Mm -hmm. There's lots of things under the umbrella of racism. Yes. Internalized so, racism. Yes, and, and all of that, like the way that she was, I am not the biggest Sutton fan because I feel like what we saw of Sutton last season. And like I said, some of the things that Diana was saying, were true. However, I don't feel like Sutton is irredeemable. I feel like Sutton is willing to listen. Now, does she have to be comfortable to listen? And that's a different conversation. I think so. But I feel like Diana is, is intentionally trying to gaslight Sutton because she knows Sutton can be emotional, which that is okay because we all have emotions. Like we're supposed to use them. Yeah. So I feel like she's goading. Oh, Sutton she loved she... when Sutton was crying. Like, yeah, that and also, can me... we like just say Kyle? For me, Kyle, not even touching, but like Who? pulling Sutton yes. was really, I thought it was so upsetting. I'm like, Kyle, why are you physically hurting Sutton? She had the right one. It, like, girl, if you don't get your hands off me now, we're going to have a we are going to have a problem. It's not even going to be about Diana anymore. Get your hand. Like in that moment, I feel like if I was there, because right is right and wrong is wrong. Yeah. And I truly, I understand why Garcelle got up, but it was like also leaving Sutton to the wolves. But it's interesting because when you think about Sutton and her uh, situations that she's gotten into with race, right? And then we look at Diana. Then we look at Garcelle. Do you find... Someone may say something that you know, you're part of the LGBTQ plus community. So you know, it's under the homophobic umbrella mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. somebody else that may be part of the LGBTQ will say, well, I didn't necessarily think it was homophobic. Sometimes you got to watch that too, because who are you trying to appease? Or you may know somebody that you're in relationship with, whether it be work, let's say work. And they say, or do little behaviors that you're like, definitely don't think they are homophobic. However, there's some ignorance. So, but because you know what you're getting, you're okay with certain relationships that you have to have. I feel like people look at Garcelle and say, Garcelle's friends with Sutton, therefore Sutton must be okay. I look at it like Garcelle knows what kind of white woman that Sutton is, which is why when Cherie showed up to the party, she said, here's my backup. She didn't say that about Sutton, who she's yeah. known for a year. She said Cherie was her backup. So I feel like Sutton and Garcelle are developing 
a friendship, I feel like it's an alliance and maybe they become friendly, but I also think maybe Sutton will hear Garcelle more so than she may hear another black woman or woman of color that she uh, doesn't know. Diana is not hearing anybody and the aggression. And her lawsuits too, right? Do you know Diana? Yes. Like had this whole lawsuit about, like she was going to call the cops on the security guard who was black, who like Diana had Andrew. some team come in and trim like that, the hedges, no, trimmed the trees. They so should have the Duke- scalped awful. her lawn. Woke up with my name written in your lawn in dirt yeah. because you well, know. Because Diana knows how to, right? If you're going to say, I'm going to call the cops on you to a black man who's a security guard, she's weaponizing race. Like she, and she knows, knows it. How the police, the, you know, um, come on police dynamic the police brutality that yeah. exists that's the thing is diana is not that's the whole beep bop boop whatever yes. she's doing yes. i can't yes. because she went to she has like a degree in economics like she exactly knows what she's doing with yes. manipulating and you're right yes. she knew how to manipulate sutton also can we talk about lisa rinna at the reunion and when garcelle said irie was told that lisa you didn't want a black woman to join the cast and how that's been dropped. I'm like, wait, it's definitely been dropped. And you know, like, who allegedly said it, right? Storyline. Who said it? Um, multiple sources mm. that know people on the Beverly Hills uh, or adjacent uh, on the cast, or like maybe people that work for that particular franchise have said that it was Kathy Hilton that told Garcelle because oh. Kathy really likes Garcelle, yeah. which I thought it was ignorant of Kyle to say, oh, let me tell you what Pasadena means. Oh, so in other words, you know how close Kathy and Garcelle are and you wanted Garcelle to know, oh, my sister just couldn't come. Because when Garcelle said, I read a message that said Pasadena, instead of Kyle being like, oh yeah, if it was me and I'm not trying to really hurt your feet, I would have been like, oh yeah, she. I guess I haven't really talked to her. I guess she had to go out there. She says Pasadena is a word we use when we said will pass. So you want Garcelle to think that Kathy just didn't want to come to her party. She just passed it. Because why else would you, I would not have told her that. No. Like at all, like, and we're at her party. I wouldn't have told her that. Like, that's kind of messed up. Well, I think Kathy Hilton, well, by the time this comes out, she will have appeared. But I know Kathy Hilton came late because of um, Paris and Love. Yes, yes. Like she wasn't going to re- I don't, maybe it's contractual probably, yeah. or I wouldn't want to commit to two reality shows. And that's a lot. That's, that's yeah. a lot. People but, always in your house. <laughs> yeah. But like, I know Kathy, you're right. The support and Denise Richards. I also wondered, remember when Denise Richards said to Camille a few seasons back, like, I know a lot about you, Camille, yes. and the way you talk about race. And I was yes. wondering, maybe Denise knows Lisa Rinna's attitude. Yes. Because Garcelle and Denise are so, you know, they're very close. Yes, you're absolutely and right. And I think Denise is a good one. Me I too. I wish she would. I, I understood, you know, okay, she talked about the penises and all that one mm-hmm. year. Then the next year, she, it's not that she didn't want to talk about it. She did. They were loud at the table and her kids were a table behind, but she was literally in the middle of going through a custody battle and they knew that. So to me, I felt like that's where her head was like, yeah, literally going through a custody battle. Like, well, and then Brandy lit a firework as Brandy. I like Brandy's chaos. I do. I'll admit, I think for TV, (laughs) she is cuckoo. (laughs) Like her, but she knows what she's doing. That's why they, Bring Brandy, like Brandy's Brandy's the dynamite to a party. Her typing, sorry to Eva the next morning and looking at her hands, missing that one nail. I said, so here, her hand is looking wretched. She's missing one nail. We've all been there. And she's typing, I'm sorry. I said, that is a metaphor for Brandy's life. (laughs) (laughs) Missing nail. Well, and I really, but yeah, like back to, we'll definitely get to Ultimate Girls Trip because I need to know. Yeah. First of all, I think it's one of my favorites right now that's out. I am. too. I agree. Yeah. I think they're doing a really good job, this cast dynamic. But um, yeah, so again, I'm surprised a lot of people aren't bringing up 
the explosive moment with Lisa and Garcelle at the reunion. Cause I'm like, oh, we're going to follow up on this. Like there, and maybe there is right again, they're only showing us right. so many, they're only crafting a certain narrative of yeah. footage. So like, even when you were talking about um, Garcelle with Sutton, like, and Diana, who knows if Garcelle, I'm sure she said much right. more. But they, but they might have cut that out. Yeah. And again, yeah. too, it was her party. Like I wouldn't have wanted to be in the middle with that. It's, it's so it's like she went over there to check on it and I can see why it's just like, oh, I'm not mm -hmm. like getting yeah. involved. Yeah. And I find that. that they cut to me, they like when I'll see a deleted scene, oh. I, have, I really actually like the footage they don't show. Cause to me, it's the more nuanced. It gives more of the women, their voice. And yes. I'm not always happy with this um, B-roll or it's not B-roll, but the very quick pace narrative, yes. because I'm like, wait, what is, that's what why I like Ultimate miss? Girls Trip. Cause yeah. I'm actually getting their um, behind the scenes. I want the behind the scenes. Like, me too. And it also shows you to me, depending on what they're cutting, it shows you who a person really is. Think about when they were at dinner, was it last season or the season before last? Gar it might've been Garcelle's first season. And Garcelle asked Lisa, do you ever blame yourself for what your daughter's going through? And then yes, in the yes. deleted scene, it shows Garcelle talking about her blaming her son for Oliver's past issues and then relating to Lisa mother to mother. I blame myself. Have you ever blamed yourself? And they have this heartwarming conversation. They don't show that part. Then they show it in a deleted scene. Then they get to the reunion and Teddy, who was there and witnessed the real actual connection with Lisa and Garcelle brings up, well, you asked Lisa um, you know, you tried to basically, she said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but Garcelle, you blame Lisa for her daughter's actions. To me, knowing that we've all may have seen that deleted footage because they played it. For you to try to use that as an argument against Garcelle, I was like, that shows what type of person you are. And she continues to say, because I had took, uh, I, I tell my listeners, I took a, a, a bullet for the Patreon and listened to some of the Two teas in the pot, I'll report back. But she keeps calling out Garcelle. And we've offered Garcelle to come on the show, but Garcelle's not going to come unless Garcelle said she would only come if it was just Tamara. Well, she doesn't like you. Like, yes. Well, and Teddy, you keep dragging Garcelle's name that she's inauthentic. I listen. Yes. I actually am an avid listener because Tamara's good. No, I love Tamara's takes. Well, and let's just say, Teddy, I mean, let's see the new episode that comes out, but does not mention Diana Jenkins' racist rhetoric. See, yeah. And I, never and never critiques the nope. Fox Force 5. I'm like, sorry, but sometimes you're going to have to give a hot take on, you know, Erica Jane, who isn't just fun and dynamic. She right. is problematic and actually hurtful. She's yes. a hurtful person, especially the way she's been dragging Garcelle and her children, like, but yet if it was got Kyle's children. Ugh. Teddy would be so upset if Garcelle dragged Kyle's daughters. Yes, and the way Erica was so upset that Lisa that Garcelle mentioned Lisa Rena's daughter in the book. But to me, if if she mentioned it to break down that scene that we saw, in case people didn't see the deleted scenes, I think she has every right and mentioning it because y'all are part of her story. And she didn't put anything out there that we didn't already know. So she's saying, this is what happened. But now y'all don't have that same energy for, for Erica saying that to Garcelle. Now, if Garcelle had snatched her up off that couch, then, then the discussion would have been, Garcelle, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think about Kyle. Kyle gets handsy. Think about in the beginning, uh, the beginning seasons when they were at, was it her all white party? And her daughter was dancing with Mauricio and then a blonde woman came up and started dancing with Mauricio and she shoved her stay away from my husband. Have you ever seen that scene? 
No, I have to look it up because I remember oh, when I'll she's been handsy you. with Brandy and the pizza yeah. with Kim. Oh, and she was remember handsy. Kim's like, where's my pizza? And Brandy's like, it's on the floor. And what about when um, or game Kim, night when she, yeah, when she uh, revealed that Kim was an alcoholic, she almost grabbed her and then she pulled herself back. Yeah. But I'm going to send you the scene. A, a lady starts dancing with Mauricio and yeah, she no, send it to me. Literally definitely. shoves her. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I um, have a close connection with Dana Wilkie. Okay. Okay. Love. I love Dana. Dana goes there with everything with her gossip. Yeah. Um, yeah. And breaks down the fourth wall. And that's okay. Well, let's get to Andy Cohen. Maybe this is our part two. Let's leave the listeners in suspense, which is, <laughs> I told Taria, we're going to find it. I think it's this, which is our hot takes on Andy Cohen. And if we are, uh, you know, if you don't know where Andrew Rimby is after this, maybe I've been snatched to Fire Island by Andy Cohen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to come find you. Don't worry. I'm going to come look for you. Wow. Okay. What are Taria's feelings about Andy Cohen? What is her hot take? And what is my hot take? I'm not revealing it to you all right now, because guess what? You all heard we're about to do a part two. So there's going to be, you know, at least a week or two of an intermission. So be on the edge of your seats. I'm going to release the audio um, in the near future. I'm not sure where the audio is going to be released. I'm still talking things out with Taria. Also, you'll probably even see me on her podcast in the near future. Um, so make sure you follow Taria. Her personal pot, uh, Instagram is at T-S-Fison, F-A-I-S-O-N. And please, please, please make sure you listen to her podcast. It is called What Else Is Going On? Um, so you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Listen right now after you hear this episode and follow her on Instagram at W-E-I-G-O, We I Go podcast. And I'm in Southampton right now. So who knows which housewife I just ran into? Don't worry. If I run into a housewife, it's going to be at Ivory Tower Boiler Room on our Instagram. Bethany Frankel, maybe Jill Zarin, maybe Dorinda Medley. Maybe even Countess Luann, Ramona Singer. I heard she does frequent Southampton a lot. Um, so I cannot wait to release part two. Part two also will be available as our video on our Patreon. You actually are going to be able to listen to part one and two on our video before anyone listens to part two on the podcast, which means become a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room. And I will drop an audio release letting you know when the video has premiered on Patreon. So I'm going to go back and enjoy the Hamptons and, you know, be with my parents because I need a little more bonding time with them. And I hope you all enjoyed when they came on to the uh, Atlantic City Evelyn Nesbitt episode. I loved having them on. So I'm not going to have them on right now, but maybe again in the future. We'll see. We'll see how... Uh, they respond to all the accolades. Okay. <laughs> Sending you all good health. Enjoy your summer. Go to the beach. Go to the mountains. Whatever you have around you. Just maybe you want to binge watch shows. Binge watch The Housewives. Enjoy it. Enjoy everything and be safe and healthy. That's all that matters. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime in Academia. I'm Andrew Rimby, the executive director. Our team includes Mary DePippi, our chief contributor, Nicole Arguello, our marketing assistant, and Kimberly Dallas, our editor. Ivory Tower Boiler Room episodes come out on Monday, and sometimes I'm joined by a guest co-host. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ivory Tower Boiler Room, and on Twitter at Ivory Boiler Room. And here's Mary. Hello, everyone. I am the host of True Crime and Academia. Do not forget to follow True Crime and Academia on Instagram and TikTok at True Crime and Academia. And coming soon, there will be a Twitter also at True Crime and Academia. Now, if you're like me, you like to have bonus episodes. I love extra content, don't you? 
So go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room. Not only do you have access to our video interviews, but you will also be able to access never before seen bonus episodes. So like I said, you can't, we don't release them anywhere else. You can only get those on Patreon. So go to patreon.com slash ivory tower boiler room and become a subscriber today. And don't forget to listen to ivory tower boiler room on Mondays and true crime and academia on Tuesdays.